Welcome to Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joining the phone, we have Vance. Good evening. Good evening. Hey. Good evening. Jinx. Good evening. <laughs> um, I can't talk now, so. I know. I know. It's going to be a while before you give me that cherry Coke. So we also have Todd. Hi, Todd. Hello. I'm here ready to roll. Oh, Let's go. Look at that. He's ready to roll. Uh-huh. I have Ranger to my left. And this podcast is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. FattyZMuskie.com. Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, those are all outlets that you can go to see what we have to offer, ask us questions, uh, anything goes. I mean, it can even be podcast-related. I'm open to that. You know, give us uh, feedback, good, bad, indifferent. We don't care. It's fine. So with that, I did ship another order to Musky Tackle Online for baits, so I bet you Aaron might have got it today. But probably more than likely, he'll have everything up early next week if you are listening to these in order. Um, other than that, I, I'm almost on the verge of having something myself, but more reliably, check out Muskie Tackle Online and Team Rhino Outdoors. But what I do have a boatload of, and that's kind of a really awful pun, is rod holders. And uh, they've been they've been moving really, really good lately, setting up a lot of boats, first-time boat uh, owners coming. It's it's really it's really nice. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and we can get you a setup or a recommendation on a setup uh, free of charge. Look at that, free. Everyone loves free stuff. So uh, that's enough of me rambling. Todd, how's Muddy Creek? Muddy Creek fishing, guys. Everything is going very well here. Uh, we're Vance and I are fishing up at Chautauqua Lake. We're going to be here through November, and uh, you know if you want to go out here and. We're, we're going to do everything we can to get out there and get you on some fish, cast, troll, whatever you want to do, or you can take our advice and do what's working. Uh, get a hold of us. We're, we're still doing – every once in a while we can fit an evening trip in, but, you know, we have a lot of times that we can't do that. But uh, get a hold of us. We'll try to do it if we can. As far as July goes, I had a cancellation 2930. That's the only days we have open in July. So if you're listening and you're looking and thinking about going, uh, Vance is all booked up. I have full days open those two days but they will book up quickly uh you know i mean it, it it's just so cool what's been happening you know we started muddy creek a long time ago and vance when did i call i called you like tuesday with a cancellation for third i probably called you monday night with a cancellation for thursday mm-hmm. tuesday morning or uh, yeah yeah tuesday morning i up the phone and probably within an hour i was able to say vance got you a half day charter in the morning Mm-hmm. probably four hours later, got you a half day. I said, got you afternoon filled. And he's like, Oh, I already sort of filled that afternoon. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we got it all worked. That's how quick it's happening. I mean, we're getting lots of calls. We're going to do everything we can. We'd love to take everybody, but it's just us doing it. And, uh, you know, the fishing has been really good. Another neat thing that happened with muddy Creek today. You know, I have another guy that helps us a little bit, bought a brand new boat at Vicks Marine. And, uh, Stays here at the same campground. I've known him for a long time. And we had a guy that Vance and I were both booked and this guy wanted to go. And I was like, yeah, we, you know, I, we got that. I got that lined up like two months ago and that all happened today. So he had just picked up his new boat. He hasn't been fishing much. I got to talk to him a good bit yesterday and I was telling him what Vance and I were doing. We're fishing, you know, we were fishing an area where, man, how long have we kept going down there and like hitting that area? It's been going on for 
a month at least. Like there was so much bait and we, we just weren't catching much there, but things changed the last, the last uh, week and a half, you know, it went from going down, trying it, nothing happened. And I'm moving on to, uh, we've been getting fish. So I talked with him and we got him set up. So in the morning we run down there, that's when I leave about the same time we get down. And now I'm, I'm coming up through the area and I look right in front and there's Vance to my right our other guy, guy that helped us out to the left i'm like behind him like this is really cool there's like three boats here all muddy creek and they're all vicks marine boats too all brand new rangers yeah and uh as i'm as i'm coming up through i'm following these guys up through and i see vance's boat stop turn sideways like oh they got one on boats start turning sideways i see them doing their thing reeling in i was like well and now you know so i start gearing to the left and there's Steve fishing and I was, and, and I'm like, okay, I'll just follow in and try to get in around, get around Vance. while I've got this fish on Steve's boat stops. I see the guy jump up, grabs a rod. Now at this point, I'm still like, I was like, Oh my gosh, they both got him on. This is so cool. And I was looking at my poles, uh, and nothing's happening to my rods. You know, they're just, <laughs> we're just trolling on through, you know? So now that now Steve has stopped right in front of me. He's like, so I got to bump out a little further. I bump out. Steve was a little bit further ahead of me. I see him put the fish in the net. It was a nice fish, 43. And I see them. He starts clearing a rod that was like tangled on the side. And I see him hand it to the other guy. He's like, what the heck is he doing? Hands it to the other guy. I see the rod bent over. As he's cleaning the rod, he's got the second one on. I'm still looking at him, still listening. Nothing's happening to my clickers. Are you starting to feel uh, inadequate? I'm feeling like I can't even get through here. There's fish jumping and, you know, yeah. Okay. But anyhow, he ends up, he ends up, uh, you know, I, 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 as I'm going by, they reel it over and I see the fish flashing in the net. He's handing, he's holding the net in one hand with the fish in it, trying to help this other guy. Get, get, there's only the two of them. He, br- he brings it over and it's on the wrong side of the boat. And he, I talked to him tonight and he's like, I told him, you got to bring that fish over here. I can't bring this fish around the motors guy brought the fish over it seemed scoop the other one so uh i trolled all the way up you know maybe a mile up that shore turned around i got my turn next time through but uh yeah it was it was just kind of it was really cool <laughs> seeing the way the morning played out there was a storm rolled in and the fish were really going crazy there for a little bit but uh would you say they were banging good, fish i'd say we were we were banging fish there for yeah definitely banging fish but uh it was a lot of fun neat to watch so Get a hold of us. We'll go out there and try to get you on some fish. I don't know if we're going to be doing double headers and three at a time, but uh, we definitely had a good day. <laughs> That's all you can ask for. That's right. So, Vance, how's Vic's doing? Not sure. They ordered my new boat uh, coming in in October. I'm getting another one. Um, You're going to have two boats. Check them out. Vic's Sports Center uh, in Kent, Ohio. Uh, they sell Ranger boats, Starcraft, Star Welds. They do service. Um, check them out. Give them, give them a fair shake. Uh, they're good people. We love ours. I really don't want to get up, give, get into a new one, but you got to keep up with the Joneses uh, when you're with Ranger. So um, big shout out to Ranger and um, big shout out to Vicks for sponsoring Muddy Creek and this show. Um, if you come fish with us. My rods have been bending all day. 
And guess what kind they are? Snoopy? St. Croix, I believe. Oh. Yeah. St. Croix runs. Check those out. We're using them. Uh, just broke two. It was awesome. But I had like five backups. <laughs> um, I snapped them right in half, which is it's kind of like Todd's like all-star that he like really liked and stuff. Um, and they, they were my first two musky rods and I never got rid of them. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, they're really like very, very, very old, uh, down rods. And, uh, I freaking hit a walleye. And usually like what I do at the end of the day is if I can boat flip this thing, I'm going to keep it. If it gets off, like I hope it does, then I'm good. But if I boat flip it, I keep it. We eat it. Um, and I'm reeling in this thing and I freaking boat flip this like seven, eight pounder and just snap the rod broken half. Oh, geez. I was like, oh, man. But it's perfect because I have like good game room material now. They look old. They're all beat up. Uh, I'm not even going to get them fixed because they don't make those any anymore. So, um, but we'll put another order in here shortly. I, I got I got a broken rod story, too. So, I mean, this this podcast is just going to be trading stories over the last month, but I was out on Erie. I was fishing alone. I couldn't get anyone to fish with me, and I was running my, my normal, well, my one-person spread that Todd talked me into. I had two dipsies and a flatline, and the one dipsy would not pop, so I just did that enormous hook set, and I snapped the rod right at the reel seat, <laughs> and then I had to reel it oh, in, geez. all boomerang-like. <laughs> oh jeez! Is that those ones we? Is that the same ones we use? Didn't you have to screw yeah. those or something? Yes, I had to put screws in the yeah. reel. Yeah. That's the difference. Okay, so anyone yeah. out there, I'm not going to name the brand of this this rod, but I just bought two replacements for like twenty nine dollars each. Um, I don't think if I would have you know had a better quality rod, yeah. it probably wouldn't have done that. Just popping a dipsy, but yeah, I had to put screws in these. Uh, underneath the reel seats because the reel seats came loose from the rod blank and they would spin around. And that's not exactly what you want. And so I put these screws through the reel seat into the rod blank, which probably didn't help with strength when causing Uh this break. But if the reel seat spins around, it was a catch-22. It's a cheap rod. I'm not too sad about it, but I did break it. And it's not going to go in a game room. They'll look look great in the game room mine will not mine will I'm look great in waste management and, yeah i did i did i broke the st croix that way and yeah yeah i mean because it was one of those things the real seed come loose it was because of the uh project x was wasn't it I was, I was running in project x all the time and i i i tried drilling little holes putting epoxy in and everything it, it would hold and then it wouldn't but that was the that was the x was doing that and finally i was like i'm just gonna put a screw in there and that's yeah. why i did mine that way Yes, and it mine held for a while, but eventually it did break right at the uh, like where the reel was attached. Where I put that screw, the so, uh, something oh, that was disappointing. That means mine are going to break there now too. <laughs> a, a real disappointment. I have I have like three screws in each of my out rods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, keep an eye on them. I will. <laughs> the, uh, I have one that I still, I have one I still use that I did that with. But you know, there comes a point. What, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm not going to send it back to St. Croix. Oh, this real seat's loose. You know, I've had this thing for many years, and it looks like free bark. And 
you know, I've already cut, I cut the butt off of it because, uh, it was too long in the boat. Yeah. yeah. The big sweep from the project X, I cut four <laughs> inches off there, you know, something, and I probably cut the tip off or something. Who knows? Well, okay. But well, what would, what would customer service say if they're like, how did this come loose? We've never seen this happen before. And you're like, well, we put it in our project decks. And excuse me, what is that? Well, it's this yeah. rod holder yeah. that just violently rips this bait forward. Yeah, I think our warranty isn't going to cover that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Void like, I've, never, I've never seen this rod with this like eight-inch handle on the back. Uh, where, where'd you get this? Oh, that? I all's ran it through to, Andy's bandsaw. All you have to say is, is bad snag. Bad snag. Yeah. And they ask when they ask you like what uh, you know because they they want you to like give a little like dissertation on what happened on uh, like how this thing broke bad snag you remember with that ultralight that I just like I had like oh, yeah, four yeah. of the same ultralights and I just smashed them in my truck and they were in pieces all the time and I'd yeah. like send them back in three pieces and be like horrible snag and be like. Mm. <laughs> It's like we have to our, 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 our dissertation would be so got the rod handle the butt was a little long because it was sweeping through the boat so i took a uh, chop saw and chopped four inches off and then epoxied the, the end on and uh i've been dragging it for the last five years in a yeah in the project x and you know, we pro we probably could have like got in on that design for their new like mo mojo trollers yeah, yeah, yeah. machined out of solid like a, aluminum like, look, these guys don't like this long butt end on this thing, so we're going yeah. to shorten yeah. it up. Yeah, we're just reeling. And, you know, and after the, I think it really failed after I drove the screw through the, uh, through the, uh, the, the real the, seat the into front. the blank. Yeah, the real seat into the blank. And then the second screw, I put it up in the cork just to make sure it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't pop loose. Yeah. Yeah. It might have had something to do with it, but, yeah. <laughs> the I got three. Those, those things are rock solid right now. Maybe not actually. Because right you know, now, I, sometimes <laughs> when I pick pick them up, I feel like I'll, I'll grab that front cork and it feels a little like flimsy, and I'm just like, yeah, I wonder when this thing's going to explode one day. Yeah, and just hopefully I can grab it in time. When I dissected my my broken rod, um. You know, I felt I'm just like, oh, let's just pull this thing apart. So I pull it apart, and the real seat came off, and I had two rod blanks. So I had three once I once I pulled this thing apart. And do you know what was holding that real seat on? Glue. Yes, an epoxy. But they filled Hard the void point. with one, what probably equated to six inches of baler twine, wiped in epoxy, and they just kind of did like one really coarse spiral and put the real seat on. Oh really? That's why hmm. this cheap rod, those broke mm -hmm. loose and spun, was because mm -hmm. it was like literally for another three cents worth of epoxy, they could have filled that thing up. And I mean, it yeah. was it was the most. I I don't want to say I'm disappointed. It's cheap rods. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I've seen where they just had like uh, cardboard wrapped around there. Yeah, this was twine. That was twine. So that's that's a little high end, Dandy. I guess if you're going off of corrugated <laughs> versus twine. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, St. Croix rods, generally on the end of those rods are uh, Raptor jerk baits. What else and if you're driving the boat? Baker baits. Big shout out to Baker baits for sponsoring this show. Um, I don't know. They just get murdered. 
check them out if you can get your hands on them. Use them, abuse them, and take a beating. I have one that's about two weeks old, and it looks like I shot it with a shotgun. If you can get your hands on them, check them out. They're legit. With that, Muskie's Inc. And my Muskie's Inc. All, everybody's, all the Muskie Inc. clubs are uh, out and, you know, tournaments are happening. Just had one from uh, the New York chapter up here. Pittsburgh Through Rivers is having their marathon tournament this weekend. Uh, and the, uh, the all the Muskie Inc. chapters throughout the country, they do a lot for the fishery. They, you know, and the more involved you get, the more you can help. Uh, getting involved in your local fishery, whether you want to get some rules, regulations changed. I know with our local club, I mean, Muskie's Inc. was the way we got that done by talking to people. We've made some good friends in the fisheries department, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the guys that are taking care of the muskies, we've had them on Jared Sayers, you know, he's a, he works with our chapter all the time. They take some info. They try to do what they can to help what the fishermen think. And that all, it all stemmed back to the Muskie's Inc. group, uh, have them just in probably every state that has muskies there's a chapter so check out your local chapter get involved and uh i think it's really important if you're into muskie fishing you should be involved with muskies inc all positives todd have you noticed at least i think that aside from the horrible things that can transpire on social media it seems as though i'm seeing a lot more government agencies and clubs promoting like the stages of these little baby muskies they're about to stock and and all this other positive for the fisheries i i never used to know that that happened or even if it did happen until social media was there that like i guess agency to common man connection back in the day no, I mean, I, I don't believe there was, you know, it was just the fish. You go fishing and the fish are there and you catch them other than the trout. You know, they, they say where they stock trout. You had to do a little investigation to figure out what lakes they stocked muskies and how many they were putting in and what type of fishery it would be, uh, which we always did. And a lot of that, that a lot of that came by being involved in the muskies Inc. club. You know, we, we could find that information by, you know, looking, looking that stuff up. But I still have people here that, that still fish here and they're like do they stock fish in this lake <laughs> you know and uh you know i tell them the story i just had to write that thing for muskie hunter that'll be coming out here pretty shortly i just I, you know uh, went through all the old books and got a little information i was like yeah they've been doing it for 132 years it's the oldest hatchery and you know this is where it all began here on chautauqua lake they gave a guy some uh some permits and i think i believe it was at cheney's point and uh they actually like brought some muskies in uh hatched the eggs they had them in pens alongside of the lake 130 30 130 years ago uh as far as it's as far as uh, everything shows that's the first time man intervened trying to help the muskie population and ever since that day they've been doing something here the hatcheries moved all around it's been over prendergrass now for 60 years or something yeah, in the 50s maybe it moved over there and uh, it's still going going strong uh but uh yeah i mean you you couldn't find that information unless you really dug for it mm-hmm. and not now it's pretty easy to figure out oh they they're, they're not stocking this lake or they do this lake every other year put nest many in here 
and it's not that it always correlates that wow they stock a lot in here let's go fish it believe me i've been there and done that uh some of our lakes in pennsylvania and said these man-made reservoirs you can go there and i mean yeah there's some fish in there but if you get onto the spillway below you see you know 40 of them swimming around so you know oh there's 40 of them in there now people are taking them out so a lot of them are escaping but it doesn't always help you to become a more successful fisherman but uh I'll show you what they're doing. Yeah. Perfect. All right. I think that wraps up the plugs 20 minutes in. Yeah. All right. Vance, you got a couple stories for we us? Had, we had stories in the plugs, though. We did. It was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, uh, I mean, of course I have stories. You know, it's, I have not been off the water uh, since the beginning of the season. Uh, since the opener with charters it's great um so obviously a lot has happened um there's so much going on there was so much i wanted to tell the audience about but i like i'm blanking okay then do you want me to tell my fishing stories no (laughs) okay here's something that's on here's something that's on my mind and i'm just gonna go with the pet peeve thing let's hear it just start with that um Chautauqua Lake, we're fishing in New York. Everybody knows Chautauqua. It's a place where everybody can catch them, and they're all small. But What you would call rats. Rats, yes. Um, out on the lake, in New York, you can run three poles a man. Three lines per angler. Three lines per angler. And I'm, I'm continually seeing that being abused. People were running four poles, uh, an angler, and that just gets on my nerves. That's thirty three percent more than you're allowed. It is. It's illegal. It's annoying. People do it up here, and especially on a lake where they're all small and everybody can catch them. Why do you really need to put out that fourth pole? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It just. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of that. Does that grind your gears? Of, it just gets on my nerves because I, it, it, it's something that I would never do. It's uh, against the law. And, um, yeah, it's annoying to see. You know? But those people that are doing it need all the help that they can get. Trust me. Believe me. So, uh, is this like I, a wrestling I, promo video? No, no, it's not. It's not. It's it's real life. It happens. That, that that's that's what's going on. Um, Do you think it could be an honest mistake from some people and just not know? With the demographic of the area, possibly, but I think <laughs> that they would know better. Uh-huh. You know. And I think they know exactly what they're doing. But you see that, and it's just like, come on, what are you doing? I mean, I, I will. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this much: if you're running three rods and you have a brain like mine that needs things symmetrical and even, you want to put that fourth one out to make the boat symmetrical. Equal. Yeah, I'm sure that does mess with you. Oh, it screws with my head all the time. <laughs> but. You know, I, I'm not out there to be able to act on it, so it doesn't matter what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, but there's a little four-pole fraternity up here. 
and uh, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. I see see a lot of that, and uh, you know, it's annoying, but whatever. Um, other than that, a lot of happy clients. The only thing is, I've really broken or I broke I broke a crap ton of reels. Uh, I've been going through them, and Todd, I'm going to give you like a. I think I'm going to give you four. No, yeah, and I, I I talked to someone yesterday. I can. I got to get them from you. Someone's going to come down and pick them up for us. Yeah, I, got, I have four of them. And I got a guy. I got a guy, not Andy, but I got another guy. Uh, yeah, I, what's feel, I feel so what's inadequate. Happened? So here's <laughs> here's essentially the layout of the lake. They sprayed the entire south base, and the weeds are generally bad down there. The weeds are always bad up here. Um, but uh, there's an area where uh, for the public um the the north end really didn't get touched with the spray much but what they did was move some of the tourist attractions to the north basin of the lake away from that algae bloom that always happens and it's causing uh more weeds to show up in areas that were fishing um by weeds, you just mean floating weeds or new weeds? Float, yeah, yeah. Flo- floating yeah, weeds. Yeah, there's floating weeds because of all the uh, boat, boat traffic. traffic, people going in and out to listen to concerts and such. So you've got hundreds of boats a night driving through a solid giant weed bed. And if the wind's blowing the wrong way, or the wrong way for us, being a pretty consistent wind out of here, northwest, I mean, you're talking showstoppers like you've never can, seen it can cover <laughs> like, it, it can cover an entire basin yeah um in yeah. in with with the holidays that were around and uh with it finally this was like really nice fishing that early season uh for us we got pummeled with rain a lot and there was tornadoes and things of that nature um but uh it was nice like people were off the lake it was just fishermen out there but uh we've had like a really nice like run of weather here um, and people were out plus 4th of July, you know, I just call it like a lake hangover every, every weekend, um, because there's so much like, you know, flotilla out there. It's, it's incredible. Um, but you know, if they're cutting them or if, they, if they're cutting up weeds up North, those things can blow all the way down the whole basin. Um, and it, it really makes for a, a difficult time fishing um and so that that's that's what was that's kind of what's yeah, what's it, go, yeah going on like and here's it, the the wind now i the last five days that i've fished it's gone from like southwest to south to east, east to yeah. northeast and so that messes with you in your fishing day because you start and it's like clean in an area and you're like, okay, I'm going to work here. And then the, and then the wind shifts. And then all of a sudden you're like, I can't even get back to where I want to go now because it's just, yeah. just screwed. So I'm reeling in all these, these weeds and that puts a big hurting on the gears in those, uh, in the reels that we're using. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I've gone through like four of them now. Um, yeah. Let me ask you a question. And 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 with the you know the way that wind switches, there's sometimes that I can see the way the wind's coming, and you can look and think, okay, 
I'm looking in that direction. And for four miles, there's no weeds can come off of that shore from there because there's very little there. This should be a safe place. But sometimes you pull into that area and it is covered, totally covered in floating weeds because that's the way the wind was blowing the night before, you know? Uh, yeah. Some areas like you go out in the middle of the lake where there's nothing around. And at times it's like, I can't put a rod out out here. Yep. How can that be? I'm miles from the nearest weed, but all depends on the weed, the wind direction. You know, I change my plans all the time. Like show up at the dock. Like I'm not going down there. The heck with this. Yeah. And you show up in the morning, but the wind switch is like, Oh yeah, I'm going down there. Because Have you switched during the night, you know? Have you ever, uh, like, been out there doing that, and then, like, a client or somebody on the boat will be like, well, that's where they are. They're in the weeds. I'm like, yeah, they're in the weeds, but not these Yeah, people don't understand parts. that. I'm like, that's yeah. not where the... Yeah, yeah. That's not, and that's not what we mean when they're in the weeds. These yes. weeds are annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I do have people say that, like, I can't believe you're catching all these weeds. We're in 31 feet of water. And I'm like, well, there's no weeds growing. These are all floating stuff. There's no weeds growing out here. There's no weed growing within a mile of here. It just happens to be the way the wind's blowing. They don't understand that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's essentially like, to, you know, we're just a week past 4th of July here in the season. Um it was a bit warm there for a couple of days and we got some like cold weather coming in, which is nice, uh, comfortable days on the water. Um, but the weeds are everywhere and you know, that's just standard Chautauqua stuff. We just fish right through it and break. Well, I break all my equipment. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wanted to ask on. you this. Do you feel that the breakage of those reels is the reels fault or just excessive abuse of use? Oh, gosh. It's excessive abuse of use. Okay, because yeah. I'm going to have a story that, that has, yeah. you know, kind of yeah, a similar use. question that can be asked. But yeah. And, the, the, like, I've changed my uh, approach to reeling things in. You know, like, rather than just horsing it in, I'm doing a lot of pumping. Uh, just to take that stress off of those gears um, to try to get some longevity out of them. Uh, like, you know, pump it up, reel it down, pump it up, reel it down. Um, when you have like a 20 pound thing of cabbage on there. Yeah. And, or, or walk backwards, then walk towards it and reel <laughs> while you're walking towards it. You know, th- things like that to get in those, those little inlines we're doing. These are big, these are big weed patches. I got a, we put a picture on Facebook. Vance, yeah. that was, that was a 30 pounder. That was a 30 pounder. It was yeah. a person. It was probably, almost, almost a personal best. Yeah. Probably five, five footer. Legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, but before I forget, Vance brought up something else there. He said tornado. That's a nice little story we could tell. So I had a half day on last Friday. I was going to get to go home for a few days and we called it, you know, we did the half day. I went back, pulled the boat. I was hungry. We're going to just start heading home. And I went and I grab a sandwich at the state park, great food there at Long Point State Park. And here's some kids like crying and making a bunch of noise out 
on the right in front of the uh, restaurant there, I walk outside and they're all pointing and people are videoing. I look and there's a full fledged tornado. I'm spinning. You can see, see things coming. Now, you know, you see the, the, the air movement coming off the ground and I've really never seen, I've seen water spouts and things, but I don't know that I ever really witnessed a, I mean, this was a real tornado, uh, but they never said much around, you know, it, it, it must not have touched ground, but we're looking over the hill. The, 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 everything is spinning from the bottom and going up into this big cloud and we're watching it. I was watching it for probably 15 minutes and it's going across very slowly. And now at this point I'm ready to leave. However, I have to drive across to go across the bridge and go right past this tornado to get to the campground before I can go home. And I was like, well, obviously I'm not leaving right now. Uh, watching this thing. Then all of a sudden a big downpour comes and uh, you sort of it sort of faded. I couldn't see it that well. But 15 minutes we watched it, took videos, kind of cool to look at. And uh, one, one of our friends, Adam, uh, all of a sudden out of this, out of, at, when it started raining, you couldn't see that well of it. And uh, I see this boat start appearing and, and it starts like it's trolling. It's coming sort of towards the state park. So I grabbed my phone, sent him a text. I was like, hey, uh. Is that Adam? Is that you trolling like towards the state park there? He's like, yeah. I said, yeah. There's a there's a tornado right behind you, and I see it texts back nice. I see the boat go up on plane, <laughs> flying into the dock. <laughs> and his father's his father's getting a little bit older, you know. But and uh, he was like, don't even don't even tell me. And I I said, you you want to watch the video? <laughs> He's like. <laughs> So I showed him the video and he was just like, oh, oh, don't show me that. You know, yeah, Adam, I, was kind of fun. I just think I should day. point out the obvious here. You know, there's a twister following you. You're like, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not something that happens every, every day here in Western New York. So I know some people deal with tornadoes all the time. We don't. And I sent Vance a text, too. Like, Vance, there's a tor- I'm watching a tornado right now. But I think you said you were in at the dock or something. I got yeah, I got off yeah. I got off the water because <laughs> things were turning green and black. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the people that I were with, they were like, "I really think it's clearing up." Yeah, I was like, "Here, check out this video." There's a video I'm taking as it's clearing up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but th- th- so that was that was fun. I never really get to see that that often. So. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a tornado. So it's not good. It's not fun. No. <laughs> Especially when you're out in a boat. But mm-hmm. it, it was very calm. It, you know, it's like the, like they always say, like, you know, if you're in that area, it's so windy. And uh, it happened to just a couple of places I lived. The one place I lived, like, you know, the people right behind us, they, they lived a couple hundred yards from us. Their house was demolished. And they actually, a couple of the people got killed. This was back in eight that that big tornadoes that came through in the eighties there eighty six or something and uh, our house was that close and I mean nothing happened to our house it was calm there and that's the way it was the the water was like shimmering but th- there was no wind but you could tell it was windy right <laughs> right where you were looking at because you could see the stuff as, uh, as trees uprooted and houses lost their roofs yeah. well it didn't. It must not have touched because you could see everything going. That's what I was looking for is debris and 
uh, I didn't get to see that, which I'm glad I didn't get to see that. I really didn't need to deal with that because it was right near a campground. <laughs> what was that? Was unsettling. Was yeah. there any damage <laughs> that was reported anywhere? Not, Not from that one. Couple trees down. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it wasn't. We had a we had a microburst flash. come through here. Yes, and we had. I big, saw yeah. legit. I, I saw a legit funnel cloud in the opening weekend, and then that was the third. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes. You sent me that video too. That's that's another one that probably didn't touch down. No, no. But you guys are fishing in the danger zone. We are. You got to keep your eye out. Don't mm-hmm. bother about the Weather Channel. They don't always report that stuff. They don't report anything. So after the fact. Hmm. Yeah. So you guys want to hear my my story of woe? Yes, sure. You've been out fishing, right? I've I've gone four times, and I've brought nice. back dinner. You wow. guys, you guys get the text when when I I meet the quota. Yeah, yeah. Um, six by six. Six. I'm not even out of bed yet, Andy. That's yeah. that, that's fine because I'm I'm home and I'm back being the family man. So, um, anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna go way back from when I first bought this boat. <clears throat> I first bought this boat, and the uh, the seller, he told me that it developed a high speed surge, and the way he described it was it would it would run full throttle like you'd full throttle it, but it hit a point, and it sound like it run out of gas for one second, then it surged back up, and it dropped back down. You back the throttle off a little bit, and it would run fine. So. I mean, our line of thinking was it was a fuel-related. It was starving itself. There was something not allowing it to give it enough fuel. And I did. I thought I fixed it last year, and I, I talked about it, but I'm, I'm rehashing this. So last year I went and did like a complete redo of fuel lines, and I mean fuel line from the tank to the fuel water. There was a new fuel water put on, a uh, new line from the fuel water, with a primer bulb all the way into the motor, cleaned out the inline, the, the little filter there. I uh, put a new fuel pump on it and it seemed to have corrected it. And one might say, well, did you clean or rebuild the carbs? And the answer was no, because the previous owner had just done that. And the way that it started and ran, I, I didn't feel as though that was uh, a smoking gun. So after I did that shotgun effect, just replace everything and hope it fixes itself. I thought it did. Uh, I went out the first time this year. I was kind of loaded down a lot more than when I did my like final seasonal run, thinking it was fixed. You know, whatever that would have been six months prior. I had two ten, ten or eleven year olds, and uh, another guy, and myself. I put fifteen gallons of fuel and loaded it down. And I'm like, I know I'm not going to be zipping like I was lightly loaded, like with no gear light fuel and just myself. And it really didn't feel like much when you're out on, you know, Lake Erie. You get a little bit chopped just from boat wake or what have you. And uh, you really just can't go wide open. So I didn't really notice anything then. I then took gear man, Steve out. uh, What was that? The Monday before 4th of July. And he was up for the week uh, at his uh, like parents summer home. And we went out. And we're we're leaving like the shipping channel right there uh, out of Presque Isle Bay. 
and I could I could feel it. It'd go and just keep surging on me. I'm like, dang it, it's back. I didn't fix it, but the boat ran fine. We went out there. We got we got our six by six. We actually got twelve by six oh eight. Called it quits. Felt like heroes, even though everyone can do it right now. You don't even need. You could run one rod and you you'd catch them so fast. Um, came back in. Then I, what was I? I went out the between Gearman's and Gearman was on a Monday. I went back out on a Friday. I could not find anyone to fish with me on Friday. But in between those two trips, do you think the three a.m. thing had anything to do with it? No, I really think that, I mean, when people don't even text me back, I'm like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And they don't text me back. And it's not necessarily 3 a.m. I mean, just meet me at the dock at 4.15. Oh, okay. It's easy. Well, that changes everything. Well, I mean, (laughs) 3 versus 4.15, yeah, it does. Um, But it could be. I mean, people might not be as motivated as me to get done early. But that place is a zoo. Um, especially with how good the fishing is right now. Um, but in between those days, I decided to, it bothered me because I thought I had put this to rest. So I tore the carbs off of, of the, the boat because everything else had been replaced. And when I was with Steve, one of the reasons why I tore the carbs off was I was just hashing. I said, man, this thing's running, you know, like running itself out of fuel. And I said, I bet you the guy that rebuilt these carbs did not adjust the floats. You know, you can put a new float in there, but if you don't adjust it correctly, it really doesn't help you at all. So I got home, tore the carbs off, and adjusted adjusted the floats. They were out. They were out the way I thought they were out. I said they're 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 sitting too low. I need I'm not going to explain how how the the carburetor works right now cuz most people are going to have fuel injected engines and they're going to think that I'm like communicating on a telegraph so i'm already lost that's fine but anyways i adjusted the floats which should have fixed the problem so i went out friday and it seemed to have fixed it i had i gained like 400 rpm it did not surge it still felt a little doggy but i was i was satisfied that i i got 400 rpm more and it wasn't surging um what, what was it something there might have been there was something else. I took the carbs off. I'm trying to remember if I took them off. I took the carbs off twice, sometime, and it, and things are getting muddled up because I, I took them off. I think I I ran it on the lake. That's what I did. I took it to Edinburgh real quick. I had some errands to do. It didn't. It it, it still had the the surge. I brought it back. I bought an online manual. Like one of them C lock, not necessarily C lock. It was a it was a maintenance manual from Yamaha, and I found the spec on where they wanted the floats to be, and then I took them off again, got them within spec, because I was just going off of well, this is bad. I'm going to make it better, and it it was better, but it wasn't where it needed to be. And I got it back into spec and put it back together. Went out on Friday. Everything seemed to be going good. Um, then I had. I the per, one of the people that I asked to go on Friday they could not go because they had to work. They said let's go Saturday morning. This is where it gets good. Okay, so all the background information. Yeah, and I, I just want to let you know I saw Vance uh, yesterday. 
he had to put off and was adjusting his uh yes. he had it yeah he does that quite often too he, i was looking I, at the floats yeah you, you were <laughs> where exactly are those located they the are <laughs> all over the boat because it floats <laughs> so i was just like we're good here they oh float. so you're just opening yeah. compartments and being like man yeah. it's dry things are yeah, working floating. fine everything's floating it's good we're all good here vance and i My, do that every morning we go through the and look at the uh, carbs and yep intake manifolds and yeah break, break it down. Oh, we'll okay. Do that all the time. Y- you were joshing me because I knew that Vance's uh, <laughs> kicker has floats, but his main motor does not, and neither do you, uh, either of your engines, Todd. So <laughs> I have. I still we put the boat on. Know. The boat floats. And and you just yeah. like you pull out the we clipboard and you're like check floats <laughs> morning yeah, prep list plug is in it floats we're good okay turn the so key go and it goes vroom yeah. so check all right so I I get met up and you know put the boat in the water and now the boat after adjusting the floats correctly it sounds different it idled different. And I'm like, oh, I guess I can get used to this. It was idling a little bit quieter. And I it didn't make sense to me because it shouldn't have changed noise at all. But there was a different difference in how it idled. I'm like, well, okay. Things are maybe now incorrect where they need to be. So we get out of we get out of the, the brake wall and we start going and you know, I'm I'm going a decent, you know, 30 miles an hour in pitch blackness, and one of the uh, shipping channel buoys that are supposed to be lighted was not lit, and I'm like really studying the GPS because I have to go off of that because you cannot see a red unlighted buoy at 4:30 in the yeah. morning with cloud cover. So if it's if it's a like a clear night, you can see pretty well just off of star and moon moonlighting uh, where these things are. But it was black. It was it was blackout. And once I got you know through the danger zone, um, I started going. We rounded the point of the peninsula, and straight in front of me, the the, the sky lights up with lightning. Beautiful. I love that when I'm on Erie. I I, I mean, it was so spectacular. I threw the boat into neutral and my friend looked at me and goes, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I'm pulling out my phone right now. I want to see where that storm is because you can, you know, it's, there's no hills or valleys. Yeah, you can see yeah. how far was that lightning. Mm-hmm. And the only storm on radar was probably 40 miles straight in front of me on mainland Canada. In Canada, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, he's he he like points up. He goes, "Look, you can see stars." And I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, "You're right," but I don't want to die either. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, "Well, I'm not going to go out as deep." So I kind of hugged it a little shallower and went out. And I'm like, "We're watching this," and I didn't see any other strikes of lightning. I couldn't see any like actual defined bolts. It was just a light up in the sky. And it it lit up pretty good. Um, anyway, so we get out, we get set up, and we start fishing. And, you know, like all the time, you know, stuff is going good. 
we're getting some fish and he, he's still he's he does he's not a boat owner and it's still it's it's difficult to have anyone drive the boat and and to keep keep the gear straight when you're running boards and six rods and stuff is happening and we had a strong southwest wind it was we were fishing in like a realistic one to twos and it was fighting us the whole time because I wanted to go straight west and these waves were coming in on an angle and you know I, I wanted to get I wanted to troll to this spot and see what the heck was happening there and it was fighting us but it was doable and as we're you know we're, we're doing stuff and I can then as it got light and you start seeing all these other boats and when I say other boats. I'm talking a hundred boats coming in to fish this area. And they're all going to be 200 feet wide. And you're all fighting the same waves. Some guys are fishing in 16 foot tin boats. Other people are in 36 foot yachts. You know, it's, it, it's combat fishing is what we call it. Mm-hmm. We're out there and we got boats on every side of us. They're not terribly close. We didn't have any close calls. But the motor starts idling lower. And I look at that, and he looks at me. I grab the throttle. I kick it into neutral. I push the button, and I just floor it. And I had that thing spin up. I'm like, he's like, is it loading up? Or, you know, you fell on a plug. I said, it's never done this. Let the motor settle back down, kick it back into gear, and it was seemed to be running fine. I'm like, okay. Something stuff is now starting not to add up in my brain. And I just preemptively drop the six horse in the water. And I'm like, I didn't expect I'm going to need you this soon in the game, but I pumped up the primer ball when I'm like, I'm ready for this thing. I don't know, five, 10 minutes go by. You kind of start, stop thinking about it. Then all of a sudden it goes, big motor dead. We're out. You know, a couple miles offshore, probably six-ish miles from the launch. And the boat's trying to turn now because of the waves, trying to spin my bow north, and I wanted to go west. I have six rods in the water with planer boards. There's boats around us, and I start reefing on the the rope to get this six-horse to start. And she fires up. I kick it into gear. I floor it. Everything straightens out. And he looks at me, he's like, can you fix this? I said, I don't even know what's wrong. <laughs> and I'm just sitting back there. Like it, 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 it played out exactly how I wanted the kicker to work. The kicker is not hooked up on a linkage to the main motor. I wanted to, if an emergency run the six horse, I did. I, the goal is not to troll with this six horse and Todd, you were not far off. That six horse probably would push me the same as the ten horse. I we later played played around with it. It would get me to about five and a half, six miles an hour. Oh, and and that's yeah. what my nine nine got my old six eighty one to. Yep. I, I mean it weighs fifty nine pounds, so I can't complain. Yeah. We're just flying so much water, I don't know that it means means anything unless you get real horsepower. Exactly. Yeah. Um so we end up, I'm like, well, we're out here. Let's finish our trip. So we, we, we box our last fish at 620. And 
we tear down and I'm just sitting here looking. I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? This is, we're done at 620. We have, we have 12 fish in the box reeling in. We had another one or two fish. I, I forget how many just clearing, just bringing the rods in. And I just happened to reach over to the primer bulb and I squeeze it and I squeeze it. And I have one of those braided sheaths over the, like the, the electrical uh, cord going into the motor, the controls and the fuel line. You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I squeeze the primer bulb and about four inches from the motor, the whole sheath gets soaking wet. And I'm like, hmm, I think I can fix this. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, you need to watch where we're going. I'm going to leave the, the I'm going to be sitting here, but my eyes will not be in front anymore. I'm going to be playing, you know, Mr. Surgeon. So mm-hmm. to take the sheath off at the motor, because I put that on there in the fall, I unwrap this electrical tape that I use to kind of trim it in real nice. I unwrapped a bunch of it. I ripped it off, handed it to my friend, and I said, your number one job is to not let this get wet. This is our ticket home. Handed him the tape. There was a zip tie under the tape. I went ahead, broke the zip tie, pulled the sheath back, and my brand new fuel line had a cut about one-third of the way around it, like perfectly clean razor blade cut. And it's just dumping gas everywhere. Oh, jeez. Healthy. Yes. So I knew I had a rag. So I went up, I got the rag, and I wiped wiped the hose, and then hoping that it would stay dry for like three seconds, but it would instantly get wet with fuel. So I ended up figuring out I could time it to where I, I started the tape, wiped it, went around it, and then I put three layers over it as wide as I could with the tape that I had, and went up, hit the key, motor fired right up. I said, I'm happy. Six horse shut off, pick that thing up, drop the hammer. I could only do about 30 because I know it was, it, it had a hole in the fuel line. I just had tape over it and I'm fine with 30. 30 is better than six. We, uh, we take it all the way in, reminded me of the time when I had Vance and we ran out of fuel right at <laughs> putting it on the trailer. Yes. Got it there put it up on the trailer. Everything's good. I MacGyvered my way back and get home. I let it sit for the rest of Saturday and I I went out and messed with it on Sunday and the tape had naturally wanted to come off because gasoline and electrical tape, that's not a good, that's not good. And I went and carefully took the tape off and that fuel line was holding on by a thread. I don't know what happened. So I went and I said, well, I need a new fuel line and I'm going to put a new fuel line on from the fuel water separator. I pulled the little hatch open and I grabbed that uh, hose clamp un, you know, unscrew the hose clamp, lower it down. I'm like, okay, time to pull this fuel line off. And Todd, I'm sure, and Vance, you may have ever tried to pull a fuel line off of a barb. It's, mm-hmm. it's not very easy, even with no clamp on it. And I grab onto it. I put moderate pressure and the hose breaks in half. Oh jeez! And I'm well like, done. I'm like this, this very well. Aside from the carbs, you know, not being adjusted correctly, that could have been a really bad yeah. thing if that storm would have went south and it happened when we were running 
in the middle of darkness. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But and fuel. Gasoline. Glad you're still with us. Fuel fumes. I mean, Vance, there was a horrible accident here. You guys, I think you showed up like right afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I saw a uh, boat explosion. Everybody boat, got. Yeah, I mean, a boat people explosion. Really on Chautauqua, yeah, on Chautauqua Lake, it was air flight of four people. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a fill up and uh, a blower incident. From what was I was going to ask you if you knew it was an IO. Those, those it was it was a, it was a rental boat. You know, Ooh. like one of those, like, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was from that area. There, there's some stuff going on, but I pull up to the spot. There's a big, you know, smoke and cloud, and there's helicopters everywhere, and uh, yeah, that wasn't a fun night of fishing. No, did I mean are those people okay, or do you know any any follow up? Uh, no, no information, but you know, just be safe out there. Yeah. Yeah, so Todd's seeing tornadoes. I'm flirting with lightning and bad fuel lines. Vance is sitting there watching boats explode. Uh-huh. It's a war out there. Breaking things. Yeah. Interesting times. Yes. Very. It's been the season. It's been pretty good, though. Boats Boats are running good? Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yes. So good, I don't want to get a new one. But you're doing it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. Are you? Are you gonna? Now that you've kind of, you, you're a seasoned boat buyer. Has has? Do you feel that what you look for in a boat now is significantly different than when you initially were looking for a boat? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I'm in, in, uh, you know, the boat that is for us now, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I guess, do you have, I'm hitting you cold with this, but do you have any advice to people that are like in the market for a boat, like things that don't really seem that big of a deal that you now kind of feel like this is a big deal to me? I'm actually uh, writing an article about it right now. Uh, about muskies on a budget and the boat's a big part of it. It's the first step in it. Um, but just stay tuned for that. Pick up that magazine. I think that's for the issue after next. And, uh, so it's like four months out, three months out. Yeah. I'd say it's like November, the November one. When we switch off and on each one on there. Here's what I would say about your question, Andy, that don't, I mean, If you really want to do this and you want to get into it, you can start with anything you want, but don't be, just don't be intimidated by, you know, maybe you're not really that big into backing the trailer. You haven't done that yet. You're looking at a boat or you're thinking about getting a boat. Believe me, I've been there. Like I remember when I ordered the London, I'd already pulled boats my whole life. And, uh, I remember, going and seeing it in there and my initial reaction when I saw it in the showroom, the 19 foot lawn, I was like, Oh my gosh, what did I just do? Like, what did I buy this thing for? Like it was, looks huge. 
Like immediate remorse, uh, like you were like. Well, I, I was. I mean, in, in, instantaneous. Like I was excited. Hey, your boat's in. Come look. We're you know we're getting it ready. And I remember walking in. I was like, oh my gosh. And that was stepping up from a seventeen foot windshield boat. Same thing. And I know Vance went through that. When Vance, when you bought your first boat, yep. We talked. I was, you know, you weren't. I I'd met you a year or two before, and I mean but I'd already been through that stuff and you bought the boat. And I remember I was like, okay, as soon as I'm done with this trip, I'm going to come over. Let's just, let's do it. Put it on the water. Let's go. That's what we did. And that's what we did. <laughs> and it, it can, it, 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 you know, it's something you gotta, and if you want to do it, you got to learn to do that stuff. You got to learn to back it, but don't be intimidated because it wasn't long to advance. It's like, I should have got something a little bit bigger for this lake. Yeah. <laughs> don't, yeah, be, you know, don't be, but, uh, don't jump the gun uh-huh. and, uh, be patient. Yeah. Um, because this muskie's on a budget thing is like an oxymoron, you know? Yeah. People realize that we've taken many charters out where people have gone and bought boats and it, uh-huh. right after, uh-huh. um, <laughs> It just takes, it takes time and don't, don't buy something you're going to be unhappy with in a week on the water. I mean, that's really, I mean, that's good advice, but that's really hard advice to follow. It is. It is. It, it is, is hard advice. Because you, you just. Like a, a line that was told to me that seems so obvious that I never even thought of. And this was told to me this spring. You don't know what you don't know. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's the dumbest. Holy crap, you're right. <laughs> you don't yeah. know what you yeah. want. Mm-hmm. And you don't pay attention until you're actually in the driver's seat. Yes. And yeah. and and budget does come into effect, you know. I was used yeah. to a little 14-foot tiller bench seat boat. And when we got the tracker that was 16-foot and had a 40-horsepower, I remember being a little bit like, oh, my gosh. This thing is kind of big. And I got this, this 17 foot Sylvan. And I remember when I was like that, wow, I'm going to have to drag this down the road. Yeah. Did it with the Lund. When I would, when I would get, and, and the Ranger was the same size as the Lund, but it was like, still when I picked it up, I was like, oh my gosh. Now I'm pulling something behind my truck that is more expensive than any truck I ever bought in my life. So there was a little bit of intimidation there for the first till I got it home. Now it's been hooked. You know, I unhook it every once in a while, but I know Vance's boat the same way. I hooked up in like the middle of May because I started fishing early May. I started fishing in Pennsylvania and I unhooked it and left it here for a couple of days when I went home one time. But other than that, now it's just back there. I don't even look, but. I don't want to change the subject real quick, but this is a huge segue. Speaking of looking back, Vance, there was a story of a family member of yours. Do you want to share that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. The uh, self-proclaimed guy that taught me everything, my uncle, who initially brought me to this this way. Uh, My uncle. He set it up good because this this is this is going to be a home run. Okay, my my uncle's an absolute lunatic. I paid attention <laughs> to him and I did things. Ex- he taught me a lot of things, but it's 
I paid attention and I did things the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) He brought me up here when I was nine years old. You know, we would come up here and fish for walleye and blah, blah, blah. Um, Interesting story. He jigs on Lake Erie with no line counter, but he trolls on Chautauqua. And it should be the opposite way around, you know? I would agree. For walleye, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, we limit we limited out on Erie. Took us twelve hours. Like the idea is to get on and get off as quick as you can. Hence, yeah, you, six by six, the saying. Yes. But anyway, um, about the time he, that you uh, bought your tiller, your first one. I, about the time I bought my tiller, uh, like in two thousand thirteen, he uh, finally got a new boat. We. And we were fishing out of that boat for years. It was a 16-foot, like, sea nymph, bright, shiny thing. We called it the Jesus boat because it looked like you were walking on water out there. Because uh, you couldn't see it. You just saw bodies. Okay. And uh, so he buys uh, a smaller the smaller boat than mine. It's like an Alumacraft Classic. One step um, down, but it was like the same size haul, like a 165 with 16 and a half foot. It was 16 even. Okay, 16 even. 16 even. The thing blows all over the place. And he's a lunatic driver. But, so, he comes up. We still come up. It's a tradition to come up, like, third uh, weekend in June. And they come up for a week. And uh, it's it's hilarious. But uh, he's he he's planning on going to Lake Erie to fish for walleye even though they're crushing walleye on this lake every day. He wants to go and launch in New York in Barcelona. It's called Barcelona. There's a, there's a a ramp over there. So on Thursday, prior to his fish on Friday, he goes and checks it out. He's at the ramp to check it out, to see how to get there at the ramp. Mm -hmm. At the ramp Thursday. Goes over Friday. I'm on the charter. We're crushing muskies. Sends me a picture. I'm expecting a walleye. Well, it wasn't a picture. It was a picture for my cousin. My uncle, the self-proclaimed guy who taught me everything, backed his boat in over a break wall. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the water in Lake Erie is up like three feet. <laughs> Thinking it was a boat ramp. (laughs) He bent the hell out of the axles. He bent the hell out of the trailer. The whole thing needs repaired. And he blamed it on my cousin. (laughs) Saying that he was in a hurry. But he he was there the day before. He got out. He unstrapped the boat. And then just backed it right up. And bang. The boat like just dropped. So, so if you could imagine a concrete break wall over, you know, what would be like a pier like setting and this concrete wall where it goes vertical is a sharp corner. It is not an, an incline to launch the boat with the water being up as high as it is in the great lakes right now. It was close enough to where he mistakenly thought that was a ramp. So as he backed up and the tires 
rolled over the edge. It came down on the trailer with a thud as the boat really isn't touching the water. He high-centered the trailer frame with no good way of getting it back up. I mean, this is a, it's a meme. It, it is. You know, yes. The phone, the, the, the photo could be a meme. I saw the photo and Ben showed it to me. We were eating lunch and I, 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 I honestly dance. I, I have no idea how he got that thing back home. Well, yeah, it's, it's, a all, U, it's a U-shaped trailer. Like I was like, he's going to pull it on the trailer. The back end of the boat's not even going to be touching the trailer. He dropped it. He dropped it off at the shop, and it's yeah. sitting there, about to get okay. <laughs> get fixed. Just just for people who are not going to see this photo, by dropping it off at the shop, a better solution would have been go to the scrap. Well, buy a new trailer. Mm-hmm. Can you make it the cover photo for the episode? I might be a- I might be able to. You should do it. I might be able to. I'm going to have to screw around a That's little bit. That's the first thing I said. I was like, he needs a new trailer. There's no I was, way they're going to fix that. Thing. I was <laughs> no way. I was uh I was on the charter and I couldn't contain myself. I was pissing <laughs> laughing. Like just like belly laughs. Long like just like <laughs> Like that, like I was crying out there, and people are like, "What the hell is going on with this kid?" I'm like, "You got to see this. This guy, you know, he's my uncle. Taught me how to fish. Look what he did." And so funny. It's it's screwed. I mean, literally, the vacation at that point. It wouldn't matter if you won a million on Powerball the day after. Luckily, luckily, it was the end. It was the last time. It was the last day. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the first time he bought that boat, he launched it, didn't put the plug in, took his, like, what would a, his uh, wife's brother's kids out, and he didn't have the plug in, and all the compartments filled up. And he put, he rushed back to the ramp because the boat was sinking and nicked his prop. <laughs> flash flash forward fr- five days from that there's always tradition on these trips and we always take the boat out on thursday night even if it's like tornadoing and thundering and lightning and he's out there in like boat shoes and stuff and like in the water uh <laughs> he takes it out on thursday night they never put the the uh the tongue on the ball or whatever they never they, latched it they never latched it and he pulls it across the 86 bridge on a spare tire, creating sparks, a Flintstone tire, and almost kills everybody. <laughs> Taught me everything. Taught me everything. Just unbelievable funny stuff, you know. Unbelievable. You can't even think, like, what the hell were you thinking? You can't say it. Because he just goes into these <laughs> excuses about other people. Always got to point the finger. Oh, it's awesome. Hilarious. Yeah, Good look- idea. Also, when you buy uh, your first musky boat to check out your surroundings before you drop your boat. Good idea. 
Yes. I am going to try to make this the cover. I just emailed it to myself so I can get this thing uploaded. Yep. I might call this episode Taught Me Everything. Love it. So, anything else you guys want to add? Mm -mm. Good. I'm getting tired. I got to go fishing here shortly. Me me too. I've been on the water sun up to sundown. I still got to eat. All right. Well, then let's end this one here. Big thanks to Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Vicks Marine Sports Center, Ranger Boats, Baker Baits, and Muskies Inc. Um, Stay safe out there, and good luck fishing.